Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Hi, Warren. Um, so just a question and a follow-up on the podcast of Mastering Your Debt. So um, now you're in a tight spot. Uh, you can't make your, your payments, struggling to keep up. Uh, I know you advise, speak to the bank firstly, and so on. So now the new thing that uh, keeps popping up on social media is like, debt busters and SA debt savers and all of that. Is that uh, something wise to consider? Um, also, can you share more on uh, debt review, uh, debt counseling? Is it advisable um, to go with it? Uh, when, when uh, like, is there a point where you can decide to say okay now I, I have no way further but I or forward but need to go with these debt busters or counselors or review um, just a little more on that please uh, thanks a lot for the other things uh, your other shows and especially this episode on mastering debt um, really helped a lot but if you can just maybe elaborate on those kind of things like debt counseling and debt review. Thank you for your question on debt uh, and especially around debt consolidation or debt review and the differences and, and what are the options for someone who's struggling with debt. I think it's a big issue now that a lot of South Africans are grappling with, you know, with interest rates rising and the cost of living, you know, shooting through the roof. A, a lot of South Africans are, are finding themselves struggling to keep their head above water. And so I think, you know, just to understand, there are quite a few options available to someone with, with debt. And I, I think, you know, some of them have uh, some, some options are, are very useful and, and very helpful and others are, are a little bit scary. And I think it's, always, you know, it's always important to just go in with your eyes wide open. So, you know, my, my first comment is that when you've got a, de a debt problem and you're now in a position where you can't pay your debts off on a monthly basis, uh, I'm, I'm going to remind you that the, the first thing you do is you contact the people that you owe the money to. So if it's the bank, get hold of the bank and tell them that you've got an issue with, with your debt. Uh, it's not always a, an answer that they'll be able to help you, but but gee, it's the first thing that you should do. You know, to, to kind of avoid the, the um, you know engaging with the banks when you owe the money, uh, and and hoping that uh, you know you'll you'll find a way. Um, what what happens is it starts to uh, affect your behavior, and it, they'll start to judge your 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 lack of contact and your lack of payments in a way that will affect you going into the future. So you become considered a bad payer and, and, and that's, you know, that's not good for you. So, so I think step one is contact them. And, and one of the options that they'll look at is they might restructure the loan. So for example, if you owe debt and, and it's, you know, due over a 12 month period, they might say to you, okay, uh, we, we can help you by restructuring the loan that you've got. Uh, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to uh, set it up so that you pay off that loan over a five-year period. Um, it's going to probably cost you more in interest over the time, but the, the big difference now is that your monthly repayments will be a bit less uh, or maybe a lot less and, and, and gives you a bit of breathing room to try and get that debt paid down. 
If that is the option that you go for, I think it's really critical to understand that you can't take on any other debt in a situation like that. If they restructure your loan, uh, you can't now go and borrow money from another bank or another credit provider and think that uh, everything's going to be okay. All of this stuff is going onto your credit history. It's available to all credit providers when, when and when they're when they're going out of their way to restructure a loan. Um, and you take on more debt, if you get into any more trouble after that, the, the likelihood that any credit provider will now want to work with you is, is going to be zero. They're going to say to themselves, you know, we, we gave we, we gave this the, this person a, a restructuring plan, and what they did was they used that breathing room that we gave them uh, not to pay off the debt, but to actually go and take on even more debt. And, and this is not a person we can trust, and therefore we're not going to help them anymore. And, and then your options start to narrow down very quickly. So, so I think, you know, step one, speak to the banks. Um, I'm not saying all the banks are all of our friends and they're always going to help you all the time, but, but ignoring them and not engaging them is much more dangerous than, than, than engaging with them. And and so they might offer you a, de- a debt restructure, which I think is a, a a very good option if you are going to be disciplined, if you are going to stick to then repaying, and of course then don't 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 go and pay off the minimum. You know if if your your debt repayments now a thousand rand a month and you can afford a thousand two hundred, that's what you do. You make other sacrifices now and other trade offs to the point where you get that debt uh, out of your life as fast as possible. Uh, you, you just don't want to be living under a, under kind of any debt cloud where 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 the banks are now in a, in a way doing you a favor because you know b- banks are businesses and and they're going to earn interest from you while while they're so called doing you a favor. But it's better than than ignoring them because because then you go into a totally different process. So so step one, try a debt restructure. Step step two uh, might be a debt consolidation. Now, a debt consolidation is where you've got, for example, a personal loan, an overdraft, and and some other kind of debt problem, and and the bank says to you, uh, what we prepared to do is lump all of those debts together into one big amount and and uh, allow you to pay that off over a slightly longer period of time. For for people that uh, are, are normally very financially disciplined and just get themselves into into a, a financial problem because of of a particular set of circumstances, debt consolidation might be an answer because it allows them then to to kind of get a bit of breathing room and and get that debt uh, repaid you know w- w- over time, but but certainly as fast as possible. My, my problem with debt consolidation is people that are bad with debt, people that love to spend all the time. Uh, because all that debt consolidation then does is give them even more scope to spend even more money. Uh, and, and so I think you've got to be really honest with yourself to say, well, you know, I know myself. Uh, I know why I got into the debt. It's not normal. It's not part of my past behavior. It won't be part of my, my future. Um, and I'll take it, uh, you know, I'll take this consolidation and, 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 you know, get out of this debt hole that I'm in. But if you know that you're a serial spender, that you, you know, someone that keeps uh, getting yourself into credit card trouble month after month, year after year, debt consolidation is not going to help you. And it's just going to make the problem bigger and worse over time. Your, your third option is is then a legal process called a debt review. And I think you need to understand that, the, that there are a lot of consequences to a debt review. So, so first, I mentioned that it's a legal process. So, so that means that you're going to um, have to now work with a debt counselor, and and they're a special kind of collection of people all on their own because there are some very good, very ethical debt counselors. 
And there are a whole bunch of sharks and a whole bunch of dodgies that are pretending to to be helpful, but in fact are just out there to make fees off you. So, so just understanding that uh, you know a, a debt review where you engage the services of a debt counselor, you, you're going to be paying a debt counselor. They don't do it for free. I can promise you that. Uh, but but you, you're now in a legal process, and what happens is. In terms of the national credit uh, r- regulator, you're going to have to complete uh, 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 forms. And, and the, the scary form that you have to be really aware of is a form called Form 16, where you're actually signing away your rights um, and, and you go into a, de- a debt review process. What what then happens is that that, uh, that debt counselor takes on the job of talking to the, the, the companies that have issued the debt to you. They now tell those companies that you are in debt review. And what happens is you, you go into a five-year payment plan where, where they, they kind of freeze the interest that you were paying. So, so they, they might get to the point where you're not charged interest at all. And, and then you go into a plan where you are now obliged to pay off those debts over a five-year period. What's important to understand is there are lots of consequences to debt review. Number one, uh, you may not take on any other debt. You are, it's, it's, you are not legally allowed to take on other debt. You're not legally allowed to get out of a debt review process. So once you start the debt review process, the way out of a debt review is you pay off all the debts uh, that, that you had on the day you started. So you can't get out of a debt review uh, if you've still got credit card uh, and personal loan uh, debt that you started the, the, that started the whole debt review, the only debt that you can keep um, w- while going out of debt review will be a home loan, a mortgage, uh, because that that term is longer. But any other debts, if you start debt review, all of those debts have to be paid off within that five year period. There is no other way. Uh, to, to get out of debt review and and so just be very careful when you when you look at a debt review process uh, if you're talking to a debt counselor and they give you this thing called the form 16 uh, and you sign it you're now signing away your rights uh, to, to, to manage your credit you're now given that to a debt counselor they take on that responsibility and they will basically allow you some pocket money every month to live and the balance of the money will be going to pay off your debt so so you you basically become Kind of like a kid again, where where someone like some you know someone's acting like your parent and telling you how you can spend your money and what money needs to go uh, to to pay off your creditors and and there's no way out of that until you've you've paid off that 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 debt after the you know within the five year period. So so I'm I'm not saying that it's terrible for everybody. There are there are people that uh, you know get themselves into into terrible debt and are, are in, in such deep uh, you know are such a deep hole that there is no other way and they do meet a good debt counselor and they do go through the process and come out the other end with a new sense of uh, of kind of financial discipline that sets them in in good stead for the rest of their lives. Those are the exceptions. The bulk of people will get into this. They will hate the process. They will hate the debt counselor. The debt counselor will be making money from them over time. Uh, and and they'll find themselves stuck in this process until the end of that uh, five-year period. And as soon as the five-year period is over, they find themselves building up debt again because they, they haven't actually developed a new way of managing money. So so I think uh, you know debt review and dealing with a debt counselor can be helpful for some people. But it's not your first choice. Your first choice is speak to the bank, uh, try and get a payment plan where you, you restructure your credit. Uh, you know, the second choice is do a debt consolidation where you put everything together. Third choice, uh, and, and I think almost final choice, is a, a, a debt review. 
um, and you know that might be your last your, your last chance saloon. So so then then it's something that you have to do. But but I think it's really worth doing some reading. Uh, you know before you go down that road, make, make sure that you're you're going into these things eyes wide open. And before you do anything, don't listen to what the debt counselor is telling you. Um, read the forms that you've been given. Read the literature. Don't just sign stuff uh, and where the debt counselor just says to you, I'll just sign here, uh, everything will be fine. Read what you've been given. And if there is something that's a Form 16 um, and the follow-up to the Form 16 is a Form 17, if you're, if you're getting those forms and you sign those, just know that you've now changed your legal rights around your debt and who's going to help you and manage your debt for you. So, so it is a big step and something that you've got to do very carefully. I hope that helps. And, and you know, uh, w- one of the resources that I always recommend is uh, a website called Maya on Money. I'll say that again, Maya on Money. Uh, she, she writes a lot about debt and does some really good work on, on, on debt. She's been a guest on Honest Money before uh, and certainly knows a lot more about, uh, about the side of debt than, than me and, and definitely a good resource to go and read up and, and do some searching on her website about debt if you're stuck in that hole right now. I wish you all the best and thank you for your questions. Hello, um, this is Julita. Um, I just have a very short question. I have a 32 days um, call account account with the African bank and they offer a, a nominal interest rate of a, um, 8.65% and annual of, they say, 9%. Uh, my question is, when I read up, it looks like um, this money is basically for, um, what's this, uh, for emergencies, right? So um, it looks like, um, when I read up, um, money market account looks like it's a better option for um, emergency money uh, but in terms of the interest rate, I thought it's supposed to be better than um, something like a 32 days account. Um, can you please advise um, what are the real benefits of a money market account? Um, I saw one for Satrix, um, um, only one. And when I looked at that one, when I looked at the percentage, it was, I think it was, it was less than the African bank one. So maybe if you can just explain to me um, the real benefits of a money market account and is it really better than um, these, um, you know, um, call accounts that are around 8 to 9% uh, nominal interest. Thank you. Hi, Janita. Thank you so much for your question. I think just to understand the difference between a 32-day notice account and a money market account is important. And then to determine which one is best for you is kind of the second part of the answer. So when we look at a money market account, the, the real benefit of a money market account is it's supposed to give you very quick access to your money and it's it's trying to give you a higher interest rate than you could earn on a current account you know in in or a savings account at your bank so so the job there is how quickly can i get my money and will i get a decent rate of interest uh, while the money's being saved there 
So, so instant access is more important than than uh, the, the best rate of interest that you can get. That, that's the purpose of a money market account, and and they will try with money market accounts to offer you a very high rate of interest. But but uh, the price that you pay for for the higher interest is or, and then access to money is that you won't necessarily get the same rate of of interest when you're prepared to lock away your money for a period of time. And so if we look at something like a 32-day notice, the, the, the upside of a 32-day notice is that it might actually give you a better rate of interest than your money market account. But now you realize that it comes at the cost of, of having to wait for 32 days before you get access to your money. So I think just to understand, you know, they each have a different role and, and the, one, the one is good when you need access to money quickly and that will be a money market account. And the other is good when you're looking for a rate of interest that's a little bit better, but you're not too worried about accessing the money instantaneously. And, and that would be the 32-day notice. So now when we talk about your emergency fund, I think it's important to understand uh, the, the role of an emergency fund. You know, it's there to provide you money uh, at a time when uh, you, you are very short of money and you might need it at, uh, you know, at very short notice. And and so I think their understanding that you know money market account would help you a hell of a lot if you've got no access to credit, uh, you know for example if you've got a credit card uh, and 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 you don't owe any money on the credit card, and and you have an emergency you can at least draw on the credit card now, uh, put notice on a on a thirty two day notice account and then you know get access to that money pay off your credit card uh, and and kind of reset yourself to to kind of build up your emergency fund again. So if you have access to credit uh, and you don't use that credit for anything other than your emergency fund, th then I think having a 32-day notice makes sense. But if you don't have access to credit and, and your emergency fund is there to help you when things really go wrong, then I'm not sure I want to lock away all my money into a 32-day notice account and then be desperately short of money when, when in, in an emergency. Most of the time, 32-day notice accounts will allow you access to the money within that period of 32 days you know so you could get it after five days or something but you're going to pay some kind of a penalty either a, a penalty as a fee or or lost interest and and i'm not sure i really like that idea either so janita i think uh you, you, there's nothing wrong with doing a blend, right? So you, you could have some money in a money market account, which maybe is earning a bit of a lower rate of interest, but it's there to help you at very short notice. And, and then you can have more money locked away in a 32-day notice account uh, to, to cover you uh, for, for the balance of your emergencies. So, so maybe you say to yourself, well, if I need, uh, you know, three months in an emergency fund, which I think is a good idea, th then maybe you put two months in a fixed uh, deposit or, or a 32-day notice and you put one month in a money market account. And, and hopefully that between the two, you'll, you'll be fine in, in most instances and getting the best rate of interest that you can over time. So thanks, Janita, for the question. I think it's one that a lot of people are grappling with and, and not all of us always understand the differences between these money market accounts, savings accounts, and fixed deposits and, and notice accounts. So appreciate the call. And please feel free to send us more. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 